taking command is a story of how God, through a few questing and engrailed master masons operating in America, gave the world the gift of spiritual freedom. December 21st, 1776, we see Washington head out at 5.15 a.m. on his horse in full military dress. No one is up. The air is cold and the sky bright with stars. He rides past his men's campsites without looking. He wants no emotion over their dire condition to enter into his mind and impede his mission. He rides to a nearby grove of trees, dismounts, and continues in a ways, holding the reins of his horse. Suddenly he stops and kneels, bowing his head, and then with very sincere emotion. O oh God, I come to you most mornings. Now I seek your wisdom and guidance in an even greater way. I have not felt your presence these many months as a general as easily as I did on Mount Vernon, where I am more alone and not besieged by the cares of a nation. Yes, I feel spiritual mirroring amongst my officer family, but I need a bigger gift from you, God, for I must persevere in this hour of dire need. Please help me, Lord. I have lost confidence and made mistakes that cost men, many men, their lives. My friend Reed, I should have listened to him. When I did not, he wrote to General Lee. Reed did not betray me. He always has your sacred cause in mind, which is more important than the feelings of one man. Franklin told me your good works must come through me and that I must listen within to know my next move. But, O oh God, the structuring of our army, the care of it, the thousands of decisions every day interferes with my ability to hear your still, small voice. God, pause now as Washington bows his head in silence. Yes. Your tone comes with meaning, Lord, said with hope-filled fervor. I can of my own self do nothing. I need atonement, God, the one tone, your tone. Oh, help me find my aligning center now, God. Let me feel you. I put myself in your hands, Lord. I give myself to you entirely, no more vanity. Please, raise me up with your will. Washington grows quiet and sits on a log with his eyes closed. His horse stands near. The camera moves back a pace, and we take in the silence and stillness of the wood. After a while, we see Washington's back grow straight as he continues in his silent communion with God. 
the camera draws in on Washington and we see a close-up of his face, his eyes open, and his entire demeanor has changed. He has been drawn inward. His gaze is light and soft, and we see as he does, all before him fades and blurs, no outlined objects, just an impression in soft light. His aspect is that of a saint, for he is hid in Christ and raised up. He speaks in a whisper. Ah, it feels like Mount Vernon. Thank you, God. I feel your meaning. A change of mind comes when I rise above self. Thank you. I was listening to others and not to you from within myself. Only you, God, have the right to bind my conscience. I must ever feel my center at X, where I am bound in my midst. I am your observer now in all things. I will carefully listen from my point of honor, where I am rooted to you. Thank you, God. America will be for your glory, as each one of us forms our conscience to your conscience. Oh, God. Your glory emblazons me now with renewed vigor for our America. This bound feeling only is liberty, a paradox for sure, bound but free. I fear neither life nor death. Yes, Lord, my next move is to cross the Delaware to Trenton, Christmas Eve. I am completely yours, God, in this undertaking. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Washington now speaks to his favorite horse. You feel all of heaven, too. All will be fine, my faithful friend. Washington is completely blissed out. He rises and feels all of God within him, above him, below him, and on all sides. A smile of wonder is on his face. He touches his horse, and his horse feels all and buries his head into Washington. Washington mounts up with great presence and charisma. He rides back to camp, Passing by his men's campfires, we see his tattered men stand to attention. It's the general, the general. They feel his presence and draw near to him as though to the sun. Soldiers start to circle around their light. Men, please remember the valley time we are experiencing will turn into a mountain of glory, morning prayer which I have just come from, is our secret weapon. Prayer, gentlemen, puts our souls in the way of God's glory. We must have the courage and the will granted by God to go within ourselves in silence, even if we are not happy. Close that little door and align with God. By doing so, we will become his joyous chosen vessels of fellowship for his next move. Find God's joy within yourself and remember, a grounding in God is true belief that you can feel. Thank you, men, for enlisting in our sacred cause of America. I will not let you down. Freedom will be ours. 
The men are stunned into silence at first, and then their applause is deafening, and their renewed vigor is a sight to behold, each one a light in tattered clothes. The dorymen are there. Christian says, I feel better now that the general spoke to us. Sean says he walks with joyous light today. Turner, something very good is about to happen in our sacred cause. Stephen, let's go to our tent and I will lead us in prayer. Well, that's a change, Sean says. Can't let the general down, Stephen adds. I have a feeling we will be called upon again. I got that notion as well, Christian says. We got to be on our game. Camera cut to Washington with a lieutenant. Go tell General Sullivan, Green, and Sterling we are having a staff meeting in a half hour. Washington enters his tent with great purpose, sits, and composes a letter. Voiceover. My dear friend Reed, I received your letter regarding Trenton, that now is the time to act or we face certain ruin. The day before I received it, I came to the same realization, and now that choice has been confirmed from within. The planning for the campaign will soon take place. Our attack on Trenton will begin Christmas night. For heaven's sake, keep this to yourself, as discovery of it may prove fatal to us. But necessity, dire necessity, will, nay must, justify an attempt. We see Washington getting up and hurrying outside to his horse. His aides wonder. He waves them off. He rides to the Dorymen camp. They are in prayer. Washington jumps off his horse. Men. Just finishing prayer, sir, Sean says. Excellent. Wanted to thank you, men, for the times you helped us. Christian says, we will always be there for you, General. Count on us, Turner says. Washington now, know God from the center of your being. Then you will be fearless in battle. Remember this, a change of mind comes when I rise above self. That was some communion with God you had earlier, General Christian adds. I can feel the change in you. Yes, Stephen says, I feel the difference in you too, sir. The general is ready to ride the Grand Banks with us boys, Christian adds. Very perceptive. Might have to take you up on that one day, Christian, Washington says. We've got your back, the Dorymen say. Very soon. Keep up God's good work, men. Yes, sir, Washington leads. The general's got zeal, Christian says. The Dorymen look at each other, nodding. Scene 92. We see General Green rushing in to Washington's HQ with sheets of paper. At the door, he says something to Washington's officer, who goes in and comes back, motioning to Green. Green rushes in. What have you, Green? Washington says. Thomas Paine's words begun while he marched with us and finished in Philadelphia. Green begins reciting. 
These are the times that try men's souls. The summer soldier and the sunshine patriot will, in this crisis, shrink from the service. Washington listening and nodding and realizing the effect these words will have. We see this scene fade as the words continue, and General Green now reads to his troops, and we see their reaction. And then, with the words continuing, we see other officers reading and Colonel Glover reading to his dorymen who love it, to their country. But he that stands by it now deserves the love and thanks of man and woman. Tyranny like hell is not easily conquered. Yet we have this consolation with us, that the harder the conflict, the more glorious the triumph. What we obtain too cheap, we esteem too lightly. Now we hear Glover's voice as he reads to his dorymen. It is in dearness only that gives everything its value. Heaven knows how to put a proper price upon its goods. And now we see Payne reading his piece to Benjamin Franklin in Philadelphia. And it would be strange indeed if so celestial an article as freedom should not be highly rated. Very moving Payne. Payne says, I say no need of churches when men have such words to hear. Franklin looks at Payne as though he is an innocent child. My dear Thomas, many different churches and words are needed depending on what each individual American needs for the edification of his soul in God's conscious fire. Remember, Thomas, God is the one thing we all need in whatever form we are capable of entertaining him in, and rarely is the same illumination of truth presented to two individuals. Once we are principled in God over the course of many lifetimes, one spent in inward labor, suffering, self-sacrifice, and striving after goodness, all toward building a solemn relationship with God, we may think we need nothing more than our poetic words, our families, and our good friends because we have God's gift of discernment, his feel into another's illumination. That thinking would be grievously wrong and wrought by pride. We must ever be at work, perfected for and in God's glory. Thomas, you have already had many returns to this plane where you attended church, listened to the word, and read your Bible. And though you are more wrought in God's image than most, you too should align your soul with his in silence, lest at some point you lose your way again and plummet in intellectualized deistic vanity devoid of God's love. Payne says, no truer words were spoken, Franklin. Mine was vanity. Franklin continues, a priori, Thomas, from cause to effect, God set in motion from the beginning a principle that would cause certain conditions like war to arise if man began to forget him. Do we not have God within us? Science, Thomas, physics. Something set in motion long ago could rally us individually with intention from within, drawing us to our center with an emission of God's feel, his intoning frequency, our one common sense. As the Bible says, 
But in the day of adversity, consider God has also set the one against the other to the end that man should find nothing but him. Like now, Thomas, America is to be the land where her entirely free citizenry find nothing but him. Any resistance to God's principle by man or the state is rebellion. Thomas bows his head in shame. Mr. Franklin, your words have sunk more deeply than any I can ever remember. Thomas, your actions show what happens when God's words are shunted aside and atheistic state words are accorded respect by those whose interior work has of yet failed to reveal our one common sense. I needed, need, Ecclesiastes. Thomas is red-faced and Franklin smiles and nods. So, you remember. Thank God Washington did not hear me speak so. Yes, Franklin says, Washington is our best American in this respect. He stands alone. Do you think just any nation or groups of people can sustain democracy? No, it will fail unless their populace is ready for it, wrought in God and principled. Man, by nature, cannot be true to democratic principles because he loves objects and shiny things more. Democracy only works if each man becomes a God-seeking individual apart from the state. Our God-fearing people and Washington are ready for democracy. I believe Washington's conscience, wrought in God, will deliver America to us. Scene 93, Christmas Eve, 1776. Washington and Reed meeting at General Greene's headquarters ahead of the other generals. Reed is downcast while Washington has full presence and weight. I am sorry, General. Please accept my resignation. No, no need, Joseph. You were right. Reed looks up. My indecision was with me from the beginning of our cause. I persevered in spite of nagging doubts. I must admit, I thought at first, why didn't Reed tell me? And then my insight was I needed this. This was heaven sent. Divine providence knew I needed your doubt as the impetus for change. Then I went to God in a most profound way and found what I was looking for in his word. And I realized I did not have to please and listen to everyone. All I had to do was go to God first and follow his next. A great truth, General. However, I was wrong in my own mind. Washington puts up his hand. No, Reed. I'm rather inclined to believe that no general has a more devoted and trustworthy second as I have in you. You are wise beyond your years. If you were thinking our cause needed new leadership, you were correct. What you did was for America. I know your reasons. Duty to your conscience is the level above friendship. My indecision and my vanity 
by desiring to claim our Bunker Hill moment at Fort Washington was not affecting God's outcome, but my own. General, you are our conscience. Washington speaks with a new and powerful voice. No read. God is America's conscience. I rely on his wisdom and impetus from within to make our crooked road straight. Reed is very impressed with the change in his commander, and he mirrors all in true fellowship with him. General, our fellowship flows. Thank you. Washington's aide has arrived. Your staff is here, sir. Very good. Show them in. We see Washington conducting the meeting with a plan of attack on Trenton he owns. His generals see and feel the difference in him. Washington is at the map and they gather around. Gentlemen, we will attack in three places. Reed and Codwallader with their troops will cross down river at Bristol and advance in Burlington. Ewing and his Pennsylvania militia will attack across the Delaware at Trenton and hold the bridge at a Sumpink Creek. Myself, Green, Sullivan, and Sterling will cross nine miles upstream from Trenton at McConkie's Ferry. Then, heading south to Trenton, one column led by Sullivan and the other led by Green and myself. We go at midnight tonight. Profound silence is the order. No man will quit his ranks on pain of death. Knox will direct the crossing. Glover and his men are in charge of the boats. Washington nods to Glover and smiles. All I have to say, you know what you are doing and for whom we do it. Our cause is God's liberty. America is to be his new Jerusalem, his shining example for all men of what they can become when they apply themselves with their God-given will to go within and form a relation with God. There never was a greater or more sacred undertaking than ours. Please take the time to pray and encourage your men to pray well in advance of 11 p.m. tonight. Keep your spirit burning throughout the night to encourage your men. The officers are imbued by Washington's powerful presence and must resist the urge to clap. They exchange elated nods instead, especially Reed and Glover, who swap a look of, thank God, and then Glover looks at Reed with, what happened? Reed on the quiet now with Glover. Should we be amazed? How did it happen that the apostles, after having been so timid, became so bold once they received the Holy Spirit? Glover nods in agreement. God's work read, anything is possible. Scene 94. Washington comes in while Glover is speaking to his doorman. He stands in the doorway, unobserved by Glover. We must be quiet, whisper only when necessary. He notices Washington. General, Glover says, is there something that you need? If you don't mind, Colonel, I would like to address your men. Certainly, General. Once again, my Dory men, I ask you to take us across a fast-moving river. True, 
there is a nor'easter brewing, but the elements forbade not our attempt, for the fellowship I feel in you is stronger than any storm. You men came to this army in a singular way. Years in treacherous seas formed an unbreakable bond between you. It truly is a wonder to see. At the center of ourselves is our immortal self. So many times I have felt the reflected exchange between you from that place. Your mirroring selves have filled me in perilous times with your can-do spirit, which is our Yankee intuition and our one common sense. The Dory men clap and say, yes, sir. That fellowship, when we are of it, is who we are, and all are on its ship, black, white, and red, in perfect harmony, Dorymen clapping and tearing in fellowship. You are God's most glorious example of what America is when mirroring fellowship issues forth through our center of being from our trust in God. The Dorymen are ecstatic. Thank you, men. I will cross early to the other side, and we will see each other many times during the crossing on this most sacred of nights. Washington leaves, and the Dorymen are exchanging words about their general. Glover says, remember, be Dorymen out there, and it will be clear sailing. Silence is the order, so convey all in a look. Get your poles and oars ready. Keep your faith in God's feel, and all of us will fish the banks again. Scene 95, Midnight. 1225-1776. A nor'easter storm is imminent as Washington's crossing is getting underway. Big, flat-bottomed, high-sided Durham boats are being filled with horses, cannon, and men. General Knox is directing in a loud, baritone voice above the roar of the storm. Colonel Glover and his dorymen man the boats and move out through ice flow and heavy current using poles and oars. Washington is on the far side directing men where to go when they land in a deep and solemn voice. Men, for God's sake, keep with your officers. No lanterns. Find your officers by the white ribbon in his hat. Do not stray and no talking. Camera cut to the German officer Christmas party in Trenton. Colonel Rall and officers are feasting, drinking, and game-playing. Colonel Rall, mistress, where is the apple strudel, or was it stolen, you promised, or both? Nine, not both. One, the lieutenant says. Come now, Colonel, it is your move. Colonel Rall, ya, ya. He moves a checker and takes a few. A toast, a toast, Rawl says, to ending this campaign in the spring and finding our new Teutonic night lands. Here's to that, the officers say. They drink, and the lady of the house brings out the freshly baked Stalin. I made the Stalin from your mother's recipe from the old country, Herr Rawl. Rawl says, men, look at that Stalin. Where did you get the ingredients? I have my ways, the lady says. Jawohl, never saw one better. He says, oh, Tannenbaum, oh, Tannenbaum, like a cut tree, may we shoot and then root here in America. 
Officers join in body laughter. <laughs> Yavol, Colonel, a lieutenant says. The grail mystery. Water drawn from the chute of his divinity. Colonel Rawl looks at him with depth. Ya, ya, the root. Emmanuel. Our heroic resurrection. He looks at his men. Let us sing. O come, O come, Emmanuel. Nein, the Francais. Deutsche, Deutsche, they sing. Camera cut outside to the front door of the party house where a man is seen knocking at the door as his horse, breathing hard, waits in the snowstorm. A German officer opens the door. Can I help you? Yes, sir. I am a British loyalist. McCutcheon is my name. I must speak with your commanding officer. Nine, he is celebrating Christmas. Yes, I hear. I must speak to him. Please wait. The officer goes inside and says something to Colonel Rawl's aide-de-camp, who whispers to Rawl. Rawl is plastered. Say again? A loyalist, the aide says, has important news for you. Where is he? At the door. Nine, nine, it's Christmas. More wine. Camera cut to Washington's troops in two long columns with cannon on a ridge above Trenton, still two miles away, cut back to the house. The officer says, my commanding officer is celebrating Christmas. May I send in a note, McCutcheon asks? Yeah. McCutcheon takes a pencil and paper from his pack and writes, be advised, General. Washington is moving his entire force to your side of the river. They left at midnight. He folds it up and passes it to the officer. Please make sure he reads it. Dunkerson. The officer goes in. A card game is happening. Hands note to the aide who gives it to Colonel Rawl. Rawl looks at it briefly. Ah! It's an English. No more English. Christmas Day now. Who cares? His men laugh, and he stuffs the note into his pocket. I call you Schmidt.